Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Ceylon Podcast. This is Wyatt in Nashville, Tennessee. And obviously, you know by the title, this is a bonus episode dedicated to the brand new Ceylon Sailor box set released this past week. And I'm joined today by our panel of experts, Will Crera, John Brody, and Frederick French Pounce. Good morning, lads. Good afternoon. Good evening. All of the above. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. I'm also happy to be here. Apart from my audio is lagging behind by about like 10 seconds, so I don't know if you just asked me that or not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) So I ordered the super ridiculous box set and I still haven't gotten it. So I'm hoping tomorrow it's in the mail right now. So we'll see. But um, let's just start from the top. Um, We don't have to get too into it, but there is a Carl and the Passions remaster here which you know it's been remastered several times and i haven't done a side by side but to me it sounds nice it was maybe in the oven a little too long like the sunflower one it is very bright Mm. what do you guys think i think it sounds okay yeah i thought it was very very listenable yeah i mean it's not gonna be my go-to but you know it sounds like fine for what it is it's the Holland one that's got lots of distortion for some reason. I just listened to that like 10 minutes before we started doing this because I don't really care about the album remasters, but like, I don't know what happened to that one. It's like someone microwaved it. Yeah, yeah. I, was pu- I was playing it in the car this morning, and so disc one, I, for the most part, was quite happy with the sound. I thought the remaster itself, while it's obviously takes a lot of liberties in the sound, I thought for something that's, I mean... I've got other ones that I'm quite happy with for something that's taking its own stance and I thought it wasn't as obscene as the ones on like the Sunflower remaster. I thought, okay, yeah. this is a cleaned up version that sounds quite squeaky clean, but also I get it. I mean, things like all oh, this is that, the brushes are just far too prominent compared to the remaster that was on the Sounds of Somerset earlier this year. Um, but overall, I thought it wasn't bad for something that's in reality just a bonus in the set that i mean it's going to be here regardless i've got it i'm not too fast either way just just you know full disclosure carl and the passions is not one of my favorite beach boys records i like a few of the songs a lot but it's not one that i come back to and listen to a lot so i wouldn't be able to tell you exactly what the differences are but um let's get into these uh let's see what's up what's next here hold on the road not taken is the first track oh man the road not taken blew me away actually i hadn't heard this and i was like oh this is amazing actually this is the type of stuff that i want to hear like this is the these little work tapes and Mm. you know ideas that turn into songs i love that stuff and i love hearing al um kind of work through this and uh it's really nice and it it it's uh, obviously a, a kind of a prototype for all this is that um what do you guys think i mean just from my side of it i remember the actual poem it's based off the robert frost poem i i remember studying it in school i just completely forgot just in english secondary school i was like oh i recognize this so and i thought he did a really nice sort of read reading of it with that little sort of chorus melody thrown in there which is a really nice little bit there's always a lovely bit in all this is that so um i and i despite the fact it's kind of just like a it's almost an informal studio recording i think it's 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 quite a nice little ambient sound to it as well and al's little apology at the end is funny 
no matter how many times you listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like it. It's um, I just like whenever Al does a sort of like a folky acoustic thing because he, you know, that was sort of what he really loved doing, but he, he didn't do much of that. So it's it's just nice when he do, he's, does the sort of singer songwriter thing because he's got a really nice sort of voice for it that he doesn't use very often. Um, and um, I mean, from what I mean, John went to the um, Q and A thing with Mike, and I think um, it was said there that wasn't it this, this like a really long thing that Al kind of edited into something actually listenable because he was just going over the same parts over and over again and then he took it and like edited it into the whole poem yeah I went to the uh, the Mike Love interview that they did at the Grammy Museum and they actually played this there as a preview so I got to hear this a few weeks before it came out um, Hello. and it was funny Mike introduced this as Al Jardine playing a Robinson Jeffers poem which he was clearly getting confused with uh, Beaks of Eagle, and then it starts with Al saying <laughs> Robert Frost, and Mike had this look on his face like, "Oh, whoops!" But um, yeah, they said that it was like a a thirty minute tape that um, this is actually Al's own edit of it that we hear on the box. It was just him playing that over and over again and working through it. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. I'd love to hear the whole thirty minute tape actually. I'd rather hear that than half the stuff that's on this uh, box set. I like the Beach Boys, guys. Um, the next uh, track is All This Is That acapella, which is amazing. Um, this is my favorite song on the, on the album. And uh, hearing it, you know, just the uh, acapella is amazing. I love the the recording of it, the arrangement. Carl sounds insanely good. One of my favorite Carl vocals. That little outro part is beautiful. I mean, what else is there to say about this? It, it's great. I know you guys love it. Yeah, I wish they kept the intro, though. I really yeah. like that on the album. That's the thing. This is um, this, this thing, The Road Not Taken, um, the He Come Down remix, and the organ version of How, Out in the Country were all remixed by Al and Jeff Peters, kind of um, keeping Al's streak of... Um, dominance from um, Phil Flow's going so he kind of had a little even more involvement in this one and those four tracks I think are probably the best sounding like like bonus things on the set to me like they sound pretty like quite natural apart from some sort of digitally reverb um, but the, it's also like very Al Jardine and that he's like cut out parts that he probably didn't like in the original that he's like um, so there's some things missing from it but it sounds really good and like you know, I love all this is that, and the, all the vocals sound really amazing on this thing. So, next up is he come down. It's just a nice little turn to mix, really. That's not unfaithful to the original, but changes things up slightly. It's inconsequential, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah, I quite like it. I mean, I kind of wish it sort of, you know, took more things that were buried in the original and made them more list of sort of louder but um because it kind of like makes things quieter sort of in a way like a lot of the vocals are even more buried in some parts that are taken out like the like the down 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 parts um but you can't hear brian like yelling us out off of the fade out more which is like definitely a good thing um so i i don't have yeah. much to say about this one but it's it's a decent remix it sounds good and i like hearing the extra brian at the end but it's um Again, it's more of it's a it's a type of you know it's a, it's a very owl thing of like taking out parts that you didn't like instead of revealing more stuff. <laughs> yeah, I do like hearing Brian singing as much as possible, so it's nice that it you can kind of hear more of him just yelling at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, that. that's, that's such, such a good vocal at the at the end part. 
Uh, you need a mess of help to stand alone, track, and backing vocals. Again. <laughs> Not much else to say about it. I love this track. I mean, the band is cooking here. And um, Is this the same mix that was on Feel Flows? I couldn't remember. No, it's it's kind of the same but worse because it's got like a... It sounds like they're singing through a, like a fan in the in the bridge. <laughs> There's a weird effect on the vocals now. There wasn't that before. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like... Oh, okay. Mm, it's pretty similar though, other than that, but it's like it's like the same but not, not as good. <laughs> and that one was already a bit in the red um, <laughs> to me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the people that are buying this box already bought Feel Flows, so I don't really see the, the point of repeating the songs. Maybe we could have just gotten a backing track here without the vocals. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Marcella... Acapella is awesome. I love this vocal arrangement as well. Uh, this one's also different to Feel Flows because we got an extra Brian part at the end that for some reason wasn't part of the mix they had at the end of that box set. Hmm. This this one's also sped up as well. It, well, it wasn't Feel Flows too, but that's a, that's a weird thing with a lot of these um, the Colin Parsons bonus tracks. They're all kind of like a lot of them are so sped up a bit for some reason. This one's like like quarter, quarter note sort of fast. Um, he come down was like that as well, and then a few of the other things later on. Are, I don't really know why that is, but it's fixable. Um, I've been, I've like got a folder where I've like got all the, like the normal speed versions that we listen to. Um, I mean, it was because the the remixes on Sounds of Summer were faster as well, so yeah, it's obviously yeah. just whatever project file they're working off mm. is that speed. Um, yeah, it's that's not it. sort of mastering speed up, I guess. Cool. Um, make it good. Alternate mix with intro. I, I I play it relatively often. I went through a phase in uni of playing it a lot, but this track always kind of perplexed me because I could never understand what Dennis was singing. And I actually I really like this 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 alternate mix. I actually prefer it to the string heavy original one just because. Mm -hmm. If I mean the fact it feels more in line with the. Dennis tracks on feel flows that obviously were unfinished without the strings. It kind of feels mm -hmm. more in that vein rather than this sort of overblown and unintelligible version you get on the final album, in my opinion. Um, it's still not my favourite. There's not really a... I mean, there is a melody, but it's not one that's, like, a standout. Um, it's almost more train of thought style of thing, but, um, yeah... I mean, if I, if we're pairing, I'd kind of pair this and the Cuddle Up mix together because they achieve the same thing. And if we're talking about them as a pair, um, Cuddle Up, on the other hand, obviously mainly drops the strings and boosts the backing vocals. And that's a nice alternate, but I think the one on the album is still the better mix as a song by comparison. Well, Make It Good is improved by the slightly stripped back version, if you like. I, no, this is the, the, these things. I really like these things, especially um, the cuddle up one where you can hear more of the backing vocals that weren't used in the original mix because you've got Brian and the others in the group there um, that were dropped from it. And Brian's got his little elf voice um, up high. Then um, they ended up kind of dropping those out and replacing them with Tony Tennille and others singing up those parts. Um, and I like that it sort of turns into a cappella at the end, so it's less like a sort of alternate mix, more like a sort of behind the scenes kind of look at Cuddle Up, I think. Uh, whereas Make It Good, I, it does stand on its own like that, but I, I've always liked the orchestration on that one. The intro is kind of unusual because it sounds like it sort of has nothing to do with the rest of the song, 
I think it was on the same tape, but we don't know if that's actually like an intro for Make It Good or if it was just something that they found on the same tape and put on there. Um, so that's a cool thing to hear. Yeah, um, the original mix of Make It Good is mostly like strings and horns and reverb from Dennis's voice, and I could never really tell what he was saying. Uh, so I do enjoy being able to actually hear uh, his vocal up front, and it's pretty much just vocal and piano mostly. Cool. Um, anything about Cuddle Up? Oh, uh, just also nice to hear the the vocals on there, uh, with Brian singing, and um, and just to hear like the piano performance uh, on its own because that one's also just covered in so many like strings and horns and that's or just strings, but that's mainly what you hear on Carl and the Passions, which is. You know, I get why you wouldn't like that on a Beach Boys album because these tracks don't really fit in with all the other music either. Hmm. Um, so it's nice to hear them sound a bit more like Beach Boysy, I guess. I love the the way these tracks sound. Um, I always have, hmm. um, but it's just not a. It's just not. They're not songs that I come back to very often. So. Well, they're not. They're not like the songs don't really have much to them it's more about like the sound i feel like Mm. that dennis was going for yeah i i mean as i said i went through a phase in uni of playing sound a lot and i've always when i the first time i listened to cuddle up properly i don't know i just really i just really like the say the sound of it and just sort of the build it's got a a, such a dynamic shift in the like where it when it peaks by comparison um but i mean i would have liked Although obviously it wouldn't have been ideal going by the overall mixes on the set, but I would have liked a, a clean-sounding remix of it because the original is a little bit dark-sounding, um, and I've always found it weird. Dennis's vocal is panned slightly to one side, just enough that it puts me off when listening on headphones. Yeah, that's um, a that's a weird I don't thing. know why, but it's yeah, um, but yeah, I would have yeah liked to a full clean mix as well but this is nice as well so yeah no complaints really and then uh my favorite track on this disc is carl and the passions <laughs> pet sounds promo uh i love because the, wouldn't it be the nice stuff i smoke put me to sleep <laughs> and the guy just wakes up in like a, a stupor with a beard and he's just listening to dennis wilson I don't know what where this came from, but it's amazing, and I, I don't really believe that it's real. I think somebody, <laughs> I think somebody's it many times pulling before. one over on us. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it, but it's it just bizarre. how is this on the radio? You know, I need to ask my dad if he ever heard this because he was in college at the time and oh, do it. a big Beach Boys fan. I I, don't, I need to ask him if he's if he remembers hearing this on the radio because he. I mean, the Holland one on the next disc is just as weird yes. but oh, we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> it's it's great like i mean I, you never would have stuff thought i get that, excited about you never would have thought these would be like a, like something to care about on the box set but like these are just insane and then you got the sunflower no. one with the scary british lady going sunflower brian wilson <laughs> it's like <laughs> i love that stuff man <laughs> it's a, it's, yeah. i just love that stuff i don't know i i love thinking about like hearing that on the radio and like what people i mean yeah we'll get to it but the holland one is just <laughs> I can't, I, I, all right, anyway, so let's get to disc two, um, the Holland remaster, um, 
Yeah, again, I haven't done a side-by-side. I've only listened to it a little bit. It's not, you know, I've been trying to cram all this other stuff in and listen to the the new stuff. I've only had this for a couple of days, and I've been trying to listen to the other stuff. But uh, just up upon the first listen, it sounds good. It does sound a little crispy. It sounds more than a little crispy to me, especially yeah. Ste- Steamboat and The Trader just <laughs> were, like, I, it's just weird because, as we said, the Con the Passions one was fine but i i use that as a gentle term but th- this yeah, like i said they, they left it in the oven so, a little too long so oh, overblown i mean i haven't looked at waveforms anything to compare but uh, as a basic level but just listening in the car i i was kind of flicking through this one um and yeah steam steamboat really stuck out like i i, I was listening and thinking okay at the same time this sounds nice and clean it's nice to hear this track that's always again it's had such a murky vibe that does suit the song and it's nice to hear it in this way but at the same time something just this you just hear the crispiness on top not in a trebly way in a distorted way and it's yeah yeah it's it's a bit unpleasant so it's not a version of the album i'll be returning to personally um we love the Beach Boys, and we love everyone involved in this box set. We got love. That, that's right. Smooth transition. Um, what's new about this mix? Uh, it does have a drum machine in it that wasn't in the... Ah, is in, that the, the, the Maestro before. Rhythm King that I hear? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. My favorite. I thought so. I figured you guys would confirm that for me. Yeah, so that that's nice. I like that. This mix the sound quality of certain aspects is so like weird and yeah i don't know it's this this is uh this is a low light on the set for me i love the song mm. i'm yeah. glad that we got the original one accidentally in an audio file remaster a few years ago um because mm-hmm. i would hate for this to be the only clean version we have um it's yeah it's a it's a it's a shame because it's the yeah. only one that's on streaming so um but I'm I'd say I'm glad the song's out there. But I mean, from the moment I heard that echoey guitar lick intro, which has the traits of these mixes all over it, I was I was mm-hmm. I knew what we were in for. Nice to hear the rhythm king as like a bit of an alternate mix yeah. element. Um, yeah. But yeah, beyond that, it's it's uh, it ain't pretty. Yeah, I mean, I I actually think a lot of this set sounds like pretty decent compared to fuel flows but this this and a couple of other mixes are like just insane mm-hmm. um like we got love and um hard times and you know a c- couple of the things like the holiday bonus things like the funky pretty and trader backing tracks are like um sound like a nightmare um <laughs> but a lot of it sounds pretty good to me it's just a, a few that are like very crispy and yeah you know pumped up and strange um yeah like in principle, I think I'd like the mix and the way it's panned more. Like it's wider and stuff, and it's, um, you know, it's got the rhythm king. It's just you know whatever effects were put on it, and the way it's kind of mastered, it sounds crazy. As you said about hard time as well, I don't have as much of a problem because the track itself is, it, it's kind of less dynamically variant, and it kind mm. of it rocks along as if you like. But it's still got that. It's just that that goes through the track just the top yeah. end sizzle from the cymbals that kind of yeah. um which is a shame because i love this song i think it's great especially when it gets into that um is it i don't know if it's the bridge or the chorus i guess it's kind of the bridge the post chorusy bit where it's more the group vocals i really like mm-hmm. that section um yeah feels very early 70s um yeah blondie sounds great 
on that one. Yeah. Um, it is just weird though. It doesn't. I mean, that would never come off as a Beach Boys song to me. Like if I just heard that song, I would never think, "Oh, that's the Beach Boys." It's just so funny that it just all of a sudden is the Beach Boys. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> um. Ah, yeah. Carry me home. Um. I like it a lot. It's just a uh, yeah. This version is a little bit over the top. It's a little bit there's, pumpy. There's mm. some distortion that's definitely baked into the tapes because you you can hear some crackles like on every yeah. mix of it. But I do feel like it's they went overboard with it on this one. Um, but this is this is such a great song. Yeah, I think uh, Dennis on the you know the minor section is so amazing. It's really yeah. like Pacific Ocean blue vibes to me you know and the whole like i'm afraid to die stuff is just chilling you know i mean it's just crazy it's good insane that it took this long to come out like i mean i some reason when the song kicks in i don't know whether that first the first section just doesn't grab me so much i think once i think it's once it gets to dennis's vocal despite blondie's bit being great as well is when i'm like okay no i am i am enjoying this um maybe it's just one of those things that for years i was so used to hearing this sort of muddy uh, slightly distorted version um that the better I kind of i kind of <laughs> wore out on um actually enjoying it almost um yeah but yeah i mean i don't have like the mix isn't fantastic but at the same time it's um, they obviously tweaked it because there was a promo uh that had a clip of this with a really echoey mm-hmm. snare drum which is present somewhat on the backing track right at the end of the set yeah. um, interestingly um, I don't know if that's on the vinyl version as like an earlier mix because mm. it's very possible but none of us have the LP and I don't know if anyone's corroborated that but mm. um, I'm yeah. glad they took it, it's, it's not as bad as it could have been I think it sounds okay I don't mind this mix I think with some EQ tweaking it's kind of like fine it's a bit you know it is bit kind of pumped up and over distorted but um i'm i'm like happy with this is kind of happy enough with, with this is kind of the way that the song's going to be out um and i think it should have been on holland and i yeah. always have it in a playlist in holland after the trader that's where i put it <laughs> let's see next the california saga beaks of eagles single mix and then the california saga california single mix do we know what they were planning on using the Beaks of Eagles single mix for? Probably, probably a B-side. That's probably what it was for. Um, which is like kind of an insane thing to do, but it's um I like that we've got it like historically, but it's a weird mix, you know, it's like really crunchy and compressed. Um the same way the California saga A side was. It's got time. extra vocals though, hasn't it? Um, maybe? I can't remember. I, I could swear when I was listening to it, and maybe it's just the very compressed vocal on it that's up front but it just sounded like there was maybe some alternate vocals on it um i don't profess to being an expert in the beaks of eagles the song or the actual beaks themselves but um yeah i mean this matches the fact that the california saga single mix despite having some cool additions always sounded awful especially the backing vocals on the california saga single mix it's they've always been when it gets to the water chant they're always really low down and it feels it's I understand why they don't use it on the compilations because I feel like this song could really just you do like a fresh remix. Um it sounds like there's some extra like phasing effects that they put um at the end of Beaks of Eagles almost. 
Oh yeah. But yeah, I think they were they had that as a single mix and they were gonna do it as a as a B side. Um mm-hmm. but ended up um just keeping it unreleased until now. So it's a nice little curiosity, but it's doesn't sound very good in my opinion. It's mm-hmm. a weird mix. I'm always happy to have an alternate vintage mix anyway. It's it's the sort of thing that yeah. makes me very happy. So <laughs> Me too. But yeah, sail on sailor backing track. <laughs> right. <laughs> um I love hearing all the little synth parts and that's mm. a great arrangement. Yeah, you can hear that lead guitar part pretty nice, which was um mm-hmm. apparently sung to the band over the phone by Brian while he was at home. Um and uh I think this one has the, the vocals coming in at the end, right? And then it like yeah. turns into an a cappella mix. Yep. Same as the um, one that was on the Hawthorne California set. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean um, I think I it's not a, I think the mix in the Hawthorne set was a lot better. It's it's a bit, you know, crusty. Like if you if you compare the two, it's like that one sounded so much more natural than this one, but I still think it's like fine. Yeah, and then the Holland promo. Oh, the best oh. thing ever. <laughs> I feel like we need to re-record all of these. I don't know, but this is the stuff that I care about right here. Yeah, <laughs> best track on the disc. Who these actors are. I heard it this morning for the first time on the way to work and just, ah, oh, died. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting and slightly offensive if you're Dutch, I guess. <laughs> Shall we jump to the other studio discs and then? Yeah, we don't need to get into the Carnegie Hall stuff. I mean, we can just say general thoughts on that stuff if you want. Um, Whatever. I I think it's cool that Dennis gets first billing on this when they're like announcing the Beach Boys when Jack Riley's like Dennis Wilson. It's like I don't know. Thought that was neat, interesting. Yeah. And then um, I don't know. Mike sounds a little out of it. I don't know what the deal is. Everybody sounds great, but for some reason, Mike sounds like he's groggy or something. Does anybody else think that? I don't know. He seems like not with it. Apprehensive about it being recorded. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously he talks about that when he's doing that intro for... Oh, God, what... Is it Help Me, Ronda? Near near the end where he Mm -hmm. kind of goes over it twice because someone in the crowd makes a bit of noise. I can't remember, but... It's it, it's very fun. It shows that at least the banter. I assume the banter is unedited, um, because mm-hmm. if that was not edited, if something else is edited and that wasn't, that's very odd. Obviously, some of it is edited. Yeah, the actual performances. I think they. I think the reason for that is they they did two sets, um, and I think that they they swapped back and forth. But there there are a lot of. Um, Lions, so a lot of the vocals here come from other shows, so they had to be timed up. And there's actually a lot of stuff from the studio, um, you know, not that the Beach Boys mm-hmm. did at the time, but just like the the synth from Student Demonstration Time, like the studio track, for some reason is like playing in the background of that. Yeah, um, not sure what that adds or who's asking for it, but there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, Brian Wilson is on Massive Health, and Bruce is on Student Demonstration Time. Like they're just beamed in from the studio, which is such a strange creative choice that I really really don't like yeah yeah at some point there's like three Carls singing at the same time mm. massive massive help when you get to the course every Beach Boy ever oh, yeah. singing at the same time um, yeah I was, I was wondering what was going on with that 
It just, it, for me, it doesn't really sell the idea that the Beach Boys were a good live band in the 70s. I mean, I think that they were, but how that doesn't really get across with all this studio stuff all over Yeah, the that's unnecessary. And it, and it's, it's, not, it's not hidden either. It's the obvious. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Like, it just, it didn't need, to, you know, none of this, the shows are bootleg. They sound good. None of this needed to be done. Like, it doesn't need to be perfect. That's kind of the point. Um, and apparently the New Jersey yeah. shows they mm-hmm. did, it's the same are like better than the Carnegie ones, so I don't really know why there was this whole push to get Carnegie out and like Frankenstein it, but um, no, it was, I, I don't know, this whole part of the thing confuses me. There were some good live moments on there, but I'm just not really interested in live things that have been like touched up and edited and have studio vocals on them and stuff. If the Beach Boys did it at the time, like, you know, added extra vocals to the in-concert album, I think that's okay. There, you know, everyone does that with a live album, but I don't agree with this. Yeah. Um, and it was a problem on Feel Flows as well, but I just, I don't, I feel weird about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't need any of that. Or like when they went back to the Nebworth show and auto-tuned all of Mike's vocals. Like, I don't need and that at all. Banter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like lazily done. And like, yeah, in here, it like could have been subtle or something, but it's not. Um, what about uh, Mike saying? Um, Mike says, several years ago, we did an album called Smile, and it should be out this coming year. Yeah. What's up with I mean, that? That was, uh, that was they, they um, were signed to Warner at this point, and, uh, you know, since Sunflower. And um, everyone at Warner was interested in Smile, so they promised to release it, um, either release it or pay a, a massive fine if they didn't. And they ended up just paying the fine. Ah. Because, you know, it's the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, there was a real plan, but they never did anything. Like, they just kept telling people, oh, we're going to do this. And then, they, you know, never, you know, nothing was actually done. Um, just on that just on that whole thing, Wonder Bill is so confusing to me. Like, why did they do that? Like, it's not even really a medley. Like, they play all of yeah, Wonder what, What's the point of that? They play a different song, and then they just play some of Wonder really again. strange. Like, it's not, you can't pretend that's a medley. Like, it's just... <laughs> no, it's really weird. Yeah. Like, no one knows what Don't Worry Bill is. Like, no one in that crowd is like, yeah, Don't Worry Bill. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just a really strange... I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I like hearing the banter and stuff, and and mm. I think some of the playing is really good. Yeah. Um, it's definitely got its moments. Um, and I enjoy... Because they can't really fly anything into Jumping Jack Flash, so I'm guessing that's pretty uh-huh. live at the end. Um, yeah. Although, yeah. Mike sounds a bit um i don't know short but at the same time it sounds pretty oh, good oh i think it sounds great i don't know earliest day i played i played jack riley's intro and then played um jumping jack flash to because i was like i don't need to listen to the concert right now but i'll bookend it very quickly <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i like <laughs> hearing dennis on the refrain of uh, god only knows too that's another nice moment. oh yeah, that's great that. yeah that's really great i miss bruce though i miss bruce throughout this whole thing yeah, I say it, but miss you, Bruce. <laughs> Another thing I love about this live stuff is um, uh, Mike trying to sell uh, TM to the audience, and uh, then he starts playing TM student demonstration time. It's the, the perfect segue. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I like how he keeps he keeps telling people to be quiet because they're recording an album. It's like yeah. Mike, you're recording a live album. Like the point of that is you're gonna have audience noise in the background, <laughs> and then when people request songs, he's like. 
we had this thing planned out. We've got an order. Do not yell requests. He has to keep saying it. <laughs> I like when you call someone an idiot. That's my favorite part of the live stuff. Nice. I think it's just my in between. Literally, uh, literally says you can ask for requests at the beginning. Well, Jack does, but it's like I. Oh, I love man. when Mike calls someone an idiot for <laughs> requesting Sloop John, Sloop John V because they did it at the start of the set, and he's just like berating this one guy in the audience. It's great. <laughs> I don't know how they didn't just like yeah. kill him every night they performed for them. Like he's a god, and this is edited down, and this is like tame seventies Mike too. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the um, seventy-two sessions stuff. So you need a mess of help, acapella. I love how goofy this is. Oh, I love is, the I love, like. Yeah, yeah. Is it Mike giving Blondie praise or something? He's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's Mike talking to Carl like, while he's doing the Carl, voice. Okay. Yeah, because okay. <laughs> cool it's like that goofy, like, yeah, and it's like they just left all this bleed in and there's so much talking and yeah, um, that's great. It's yeah, perfect for this. <laughs> um, the only thing I mean is unfortunately got what I called the 90s grunge shoulder on the vocals that, um, that was on the, the Sounds of Summer remix. I don't like mm -hmm. that, but it's, it's fine. And then also the, the vocals in the bridge have got like this really strange filter on them. I don't know what that is. Um, but you know, I still like listening to it. And if you're in, in like phase invert the channels as well, you can like get isolated kooky, uh, which is great. Um, with all everyone like yelling in the background <laughs> and like doing, doing oh, nice. this, um, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. So I, I I really like hearing that. Yeah. My my only other issue is because uh, it's a really fun thing. Again, the distortion that's intentional. Um, but again, it's like, but the it takes what they did with the sounds of summer mix where the last line of the second verse um it mutes the cookie vocal um yeah. for the mess helps yeah. standalone bit um which i get what they were doing with playing around with that in, in the sound summer mix but I, it seems odd to leave that out in an acapella but anyway just a mild observation mm. there i was just gonna say one thing i love about um all the acapella stuff on all of brian's songs is uh he kind of had a a style of arranging vocals during this period that's pretty consistent it's usually just each beach boy singing their own melody and uh it's always really loose and has people talking and yelling in the background and kind of love that yeah brian that never sings the same part the same way on each track like when he's doubling himself he's like he's playing around all over the place and it's great to hear because uh, that, that vocal round is um brian al uh colin mike and at this part brian sounds like he's like glitching he's just like a sh -sh 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 sort of thing like it's Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. Uh, next is Marcella. Um, contrary to the <laughs> listing on iTunes, it is just the, uh, the session backing track. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like this arrangement. Um, is that an auto harp? That's yes, on this it is. Track? It's yes. sped up okay. one, so it sounds extra shiny. Oh, yeah, there's very... a few little bonus treats in this. Yeah, I yeah. really like this mix. I mean, it sounds like the drums have been like tamed down from the Sounds of Summer one a bit. Um, they're not quite as like yeah, they're taking the echo off. Or yeah, so it's, so I really like it because you get to hear a lot of parts that were mixed out of the original. Like there's a vibraphone part in the chorus. It's great. There's the horns. They're still a bit quiet, but you get to hear what's going on there. Um, I yeah, I like this mix a lot. And you get yeah. to hear Brian singing off mic in the tag as well. Yes, I yeah, I know that that was really cool. Okay, next is. Here she comes, session excerpt. The only proper session excerpt on here, and it's not a, I, I mean, not say it's not a proper Beach Boys song, mm. but 
I mean, right. it's, it's only got Carl on it as far as um, yeah. classic, classic Beach Boys. It's cool, I like it, and obviously it goes into the alternate mix of the main song, which is uh, which is quite cool as an alternate mix because it completely changes the in mm. like the intro and kind of the way it goes along. Um, it, obviously, I kind of pair these together because that's kind of the intention. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting curiosity, and I wish there was more of it for the other songs on the al- on the albums because um, I love this sort of thing. Uh, there was a little bit of it on Feel Flows, but. Um, there's even less of it yeah same here like I'm not complaining that this is on here because I really like it it just seems like a strange choice to have this and nothing else for that sort of yeah session material but it's cool to hear this this one is a cool choice though I guess um, because it's a completely different arrangement the early takes to the final song changed a lot I think they were sort of just jamming on this thing a lot and sort of making it up as they went along and it's just Carl, Ricky, Blondie and a guy called Alex Darzoff was playing the piano Um, and then the 2022 mix i mean say the intro was mixed very differently which is mm. i i really like i like i'd rather have an alternate sounding mix than just a mm-hmm. yeah i guess in this case pumped up version of the original um so i appreciate it for that um i still prefer the original a lot of people say the drums too loud but maybe maybe as a drummer i love that but i love <laughs> how crispy they were in the original but um yeah. it's a, a crispy in like a tight way rather than the crispy as in yeah fried way but um yeah i I mean this again as as always it's a little pumped up but um i like this as a nice alternate for sure and then he come down acapella um my only note is al is screaming (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i uh i wish they they did this for the whole song i don't really know why they do like half songs yeah. for some of the stuff yeah the i don't discs aren't that. anywhere near full go on pro tools stretch the tracks out i don't, out I don't get the done. whole snippet like, <laughs> you've got it <laughs> but I, I do like this thing anyway um because this is one of my favorite beach boy songs like full period which is uh i think a hot take but brian feels the same so i must be right <laughs> It's uh, no, I, I mean, I, I enjoy, I enjoy this again. Wish it had been the whole thing, just because why not? I get why they chose this section, but it's not mm. like they needed to trim it down. Um, yeah. Also, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have heard because um, like Brian's bits, kind of, you know, I just kind of want to hear Brian's bits in isolation. To be honest, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. You don't hear him much around this time, so yeah. But maybe you know, you're too yelling to... like this yeah. as well in <laughs> other places. Like he's doing like a fifteen big ones voice. Um, just tearing his throat, uh, which he never did. Like he's normally like a fragile little elf on on, on the seventy two stuff, but this he's really going for it. Um, next is "Hold On, Dear Brother" track and backing vocals. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, not, there's no revelations here or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, not one of my not one of my favorite songs. Probably my least favorite on the album. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, I I, I do like I mean, the song. I think it's more about like Blondie's performance than like the track itself isn't very interesting um, as an arrangement. The steel guitar is really nice, mm-hmm. or Red Roads, but beyond that, I don't think it's a good choice for a track and backing vocals type thing. Um, oh, is, is Red Roads the playing steel? The I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah, I like the five nice. four time or whatever the hell you hmm. want to call it. Always yeah, fun. I like that too. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. Like the song itself for me, it's the only thing that I really pay attention to while listening to it is just how good Blondie sounds singing the lead. Oh, so so when you do a new mix of it, 
with yep. with the only thing being muted uh is his lead vocal it's just i don't think uh, <laughs> this is very interesting to me but they should I'm have done just, just in its place yeah i think so that, that hmm. would have been like yeah I, I would have taken something else anyway it's like but an acapella of it would have been superior to yeah i agree backing track and backing vocals and again the backing vocals aren't that interesting either so no, no. i mean one, one nice thing about i mean the steel guitar is a nice spot about this and mainly just for the trivia that uh ricky saw red rose doing it on this session then he decided to learn steel guitar like in time for recording it on holland which is quite um, like this is what inspired Ricky to learn to play the steel guitar, and then he's like doing it on the next album already. Um, also cool. trivia. That's nice. In advance of the episode that we're doing, like four years. <laughs> I look forward to you guys convincing me that Carl and the Passions is a good album. It's not a good album, but all the songs are good. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really think it's a good album either. I like most of the songs, but it's it's so disjointed. Yeah, I, I know. I love- it's just not one that I come back to enough to like. You know, it's just it's just wedged in there between two like albums that I love. I mean, the cover the cover is just weird. I don't, I still don't understand. Yeah, I hate the cover. Yeah, worst worst part about it is it just like how it looks. It's awful. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I hate that cover. I love the concept and I love the I I love the Carl and the Passions title. It's such a great throwback, but it it's just it's more like I don't know. It's just not a Beach Boys album to me. Yeah, it, I mean, if you listen to the outtakes from this, it could have been such much more, like all of Brian's material, he yeah. had so much other stuff. Oh Sweet, oh, sweet, oh, sweet Something could have been on there, some more Dennis songs. Um, right. It's like, it feels like a very, like, it feels like a sort of sample of like a bigger project. Um, yeah. And then Holland is a, is a really flows yeah. very well with this album in its own right. Um, but I love the, the songs on Call of the Passions just as much, not the whole thing. Yeah, so... Um just lump these together but the the holland backing tracks with um vocals and um so good the trader acapella but man i love this stuff this is some of my favorite Ooh. stuff on the on the box set steamboat one is so good yeah the steamboat is killer mm. um i love the synth sounds and i love the i just love all this stuff it's so special to me I loved hearing Dennis's little bit in Steamboat brought right up because yeah. I'd read about it and never actually noticed it. I kind of noticed it in mm. the remaster actually because the EQ is just pushed to get it right out there. Yeah. But hearing it so clear is really cool. Um, and yeah. yeah, that was a real treat because I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting it when I was listening to it. And yeah, hearing those big crashing sounds come in full volume straight away. There's so many cool things on this track that kind of get buried away or softly there in the actual mix that mm, yeah this is definitely a highlight it's a re- yeah it's a really cool production it sounds, it sounds more like a Carl thing than a Dennis thing I think when it, the way it ended up going um, Dennis's vocal in the middle sort of makes me I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a photo in one of the press releases um, of a tape like at the tape reel that says Don't Worry on it by Dennis, Dennis Wilson I think that's probably this song and it kind of gives me the feeling that like this was originally a Dennis love song that um like his bridge vocal thing was there for that and then Carl and Jack Riley turned it into weirdo boat music which um, was a great choice <laughs> but yeah I think this is I think this is a pretty good mix and I, I really, really like hearing some more of the parts that were a little buried in the original just really atmospheric and really dense and um, great it's one of my favourite songs on, on Holland yeah I'd, I'd probably call it one of my favourite songs on Holland but that's one of those albums where everything is is pretty much a great song 
Um, and they actually fit together, unlike on Carl and the Passions. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I, I usually say when people are like, why don't you like Carl and the Passions? I was like, well, there's like not much Brian, but there's not much Brian here either. No. So it's no. like, it's just good. Yeah. I don't know. They just figured it out. I don't know. It just took them yeah. an album, but they figured it out. I mean, they just, they were able to stand on their own and this album just rules. Yeah. I've always thought just that Holland it. is like the um, one album where like the Beach Boys without Brian are like interesting as like a band, like a thing on their own. Yeah. And my favorite thing about this whole era is the, you know, like the, the whole weirdness around Brian and like the, when he would show up and the stuff that he did contribute is so good. Yeah, I mean, I love that stuff. I love the, obviously the fairy tale stuff. I I think it's fantastic. And yeah, yeah, you know. Speaking of which, the California Saga backing track, which is next, yeah. is so good. Both like I yeah. love hearing yeah, the intro yeah. without Brian's vocal is quite interesting to hear it. So, but then the backing vocals, I didn't realize they were singing "Cool Water" in there. That's yep, a, a real like nice little treat. This it's just a fun listen. This one. Yeah, you can hear in the original mix, you can hear Bruce like really faintly in the background of the intro, but now you get to hear it's Alan Bruce doing a sort of unused backing part and the first chorus, which is really nice. Just makes me wish we had a whole remix of this song because, you know, the album mix buries so many things and then the single mix sounds like it was put in a microwave. So, um, but this is a really nice listener. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Another highlight for sure. Yeah, I, I really do like hearing the extra, extra Bruce vocals and um, some other parts like Al does some harmonies here and there that weren't used in the final mix I think that was just a result of you know Al regrets a lot of things and takes things out which yeah. he's still doing on this box set <laughs> uh, best part of the of the actual song for me though still is is um, Brian's intro it's just so catchy and so great yeah yeah I love that they left the little sort of reprise bit halfway through the first verse um, in this just so you can hear it in a different thing I yeah. can't remember, does this have the horns from the single version on it or not? I it does, yeah. There's the horns are in this one. They're, later on. they're there throughout. And so the single where they just kind of brought up for a little bit, they're, they're there in the whole okay. this time. Um, still quite quiet. Trader, track and backing vocals, and then that acapella section, which is just so, so good. The vocal arrangement, like the phrasing, like the, it's just not, it's just so not Brian. It's just so good though. It's just it's just not what brian would do so that's what makes it even more interesting to me it's like a more modern arrangement it's not like mm. you know there's like a lot of like nines and you know it's just a cool vocal arrangement but yeah a really great song um mm -hmm. brian did do the the first half of it which isn't in the mm -hmm. acapella um but you can actually hear what they're singing in this in this mix and it's not all echoey and quiet yeah. um which is great because you can hear Brian in that first half. I kind of wish they the acapella was the full thing. I just I I just love the song so much. Me too. It's a great oh, song. Yeah, this yeah. is the backing vocals in the first half was all buried originally. I think it's really nice to hear them brought out because that's um, that group. It's uh, Brian, Marilyn, Carl, and Jack Riley are the ones singing the vocals there. And then the second half, everything's Carl and Marilyn. So it's um, an unusual sort of vocal mm -hmm. combo for the Beach Boys. That's really cool. It's one of the only things on Holland that Brian's on that's not in the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and why what you were saying with the like, there's some some bars of like five four where there's just an extra beat. Yeah. It's like Carl and and Dennis did a lot of things like that in their music that Brian rarely ever did outside some stuff on Friends. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. he's usually just like a straight ahead. Like a song has a 
a, a beat and a tempo that stays the same, but Carl does all these little extra things, which are, are nice to hear because it's so different from what you're used to with Beach Boys music. Yeah, I mean, along along those lines, like I was saying, like a, the the backing vocal arrangement on um, that that second section of, of Trader, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like minor seconds and like stuff. Brian never did like mm-hmm. really dissonant yeah. backing vocal arrangements. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there on this, yeah. there's like minor seconds and against thirds and stuff, and it's really interesting and and just sticks out because it's not a Brian Wilson thing. Like he mm-hmm. never did that kind of stuff unless it was like just a passing note. But there's some really cool like thick close harmonies on this. Um, I yeah, just love and that. Then in that in that first half, which is Brian's work, it's like a very rhythmic arrangement with like very tight lines and yeah. and weaving mm-hmm. parts. So it's like you kind of get the when you listen to the whole song, you get the contrast of like a exactly a very and like tight, the first part has that kind of Brian Wilson bass line type thing going on. I imagine that yeah. he wrote that chorus bass line. That yeah. Doom, 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 doom. That's very Brian, like left hand Brian. But that's two um, move bases, um, like in octave, so it sounds like extra thick. Yeah. That's a great sound. It's just a cool. It's a really cool track. Just, yeah, the whole thing is just so well done and arranged. You know, it's just, um, it's just great. I love that track. Moving on, only with you. One of my favorite tracks, and I. I've always loved this song. Um, I especially love Dennis's version, but this is obviously great. Mm-hmm. Is it just vocal and strings? Is that yeah. what's going yeah. on here? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like what they did for Our Sweet Love on Made That's California. right. Yeah, yeah, that's what the note I said. It reminds me of the alternate version of Our Sweet Love. Is is Brian on the harmonies here? No, it's Al, Al Dennis, Colin, and Mike. And the four on this one. I swear, I thought it was Brian, because like, I didn't think he was on this track, but it sounds so much like him. No Brian on this one. Really Al, Al does a lot of really great Dang. high parts on this on that mm-hmm. album, where he really channels his inner Brian at times. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was just wishful thinking. Carl's, Carl's doing all the parts mm-hmm. in the bridge as well. You know, the, all the want to do stuff. That's all just Carl mm-hmm. singing ponies of himself. Yeah, Al sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I was su- surprised how much I yeah, like this. Is cool. The string arrangement is like gorgeous on this thing. I didn't. I never really picked up on it that much before, but just hearing the strings by themselves is mm-hmm. really great arrangement. Um, I wish we knew who mm-hmm. it was because it's some some Dutch musicians and they got a guy um, Roger van Otterloo mm-hmm. to arrange it for them. But we don't know who did it. But it's it's really beautiful string arrangement. Um, you don't hear that sort of thing on Beach Boy songs mm-hmm. very often. This sort of style. Yeah, I love this. So good. Um, I wish Dennis sang it on, on I'd love to hear Dennis singing the, this, but mm-hmm. nothing wrong with Carl. Yeah, just, I love Carl's vocal, yeah. but I wish Dennis yeah. did was the um the outro they did on um this solo version and uh, when they do it live as well on the Carnegie stuff mm-hmm. that's like that fader section um yeah. where Dennis sings lead. I wish they did that in the studio because it feels like the song isn't quite finished, it sort of just stops. Yeah, they got that great tag on the on the Carnegie discs when they do this. Um where it actually switches to Dennis, uh, Dennis singing, um, and he's just kind of making up words as he does. But I really wish that was part of the Holland version, yeah, because that part's so nice. Hmm. All right, funky, pretty, tracking, backing vocals. Again, a really cool track. I love the the synth stuff on this too, and the like unison backing vocals. It's it's awesome. They're all over the place, like. 
top end synth is so cool, but also you need to take all the top end out to not have your ears bleed on the sure. <laughs> this version. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. When it kicks in, it's like, whoa! But yeah, yeah no, there's there's lots of really cool things in this. Um, I know people said that the move bass is kind of taken right down in this mix, but at the same time, it's really yeah, clear it in like the it. original, so I don't mm -hmm. mind it too much in that it allows other bits to kind of stand out as like a little sort of mm -hmm. analysis project, if you like. I, I don't know how, I, I don't really like this mix, but I like being able to hear the backing vocals better. You know, there's the extra um, part in the second verse as well. And then Blondie's got the mm -hmm. the, the vocal in, in the fade out um, singing like, what is it like all over the mountainside or something that you can hear like, like the echo from it really faintly in the, the, the original mix. Like it's like just at the edge of hearing. I always wondered about what, what that was. So it's, it's really nice yeah. to hear that, that extra part there. All right, a really cool one next, the Sail on Sailor songwriting session. I'm sure you guys have some thoughts on this. I think it's my favorite line is the one about doing cocaine. Oh, yeah. But, um, it's just like, <laughs> just bluntly in there. Okay. Hold on, how about this? I did some snow. I need to try some. I've got to buy some. Um, I like that stuff. Um, not Love cocaine. It. I like brian talking about cocaine <laughs> don't do drugs thanks, thanks for specifying why yeah, yeah, yeah. i wasn't sure what you meant there <laughs> uh, um, yeah, this is one of my favorites on the on the whole box set uh it's really great to hear brian sing this mm -hmm. song that he's not really on um, no. the actual single and singing it and great to hear him with van dyke parks um and it's just it's a really funny little clip too there's a lot of strange moments where you actually get to hear his songwriting process you don't really hear that anywhere else uh, he's yeah. actually like coming up with lyrics on the spot so this is kind of the only time we get to hear brian wilson writing a song like ever so i thought that was cool might try a boat yeah. <laughs> i love i love steel, brian's lyrics steel, stole our steel drums yeah oh, that's so good this down is, to yeah, trinidad this is such yeah. a legendary thing as well. We've been hearing about this for like, like you know, it's been written about in books for decades. And to finally hear it, it's, it was always this like haunted, you know, Brian's in an awful place convincing like Van Dyke to tell him he's not crazy and stuff. And to hear it, it's just like so fun and like funny. Um, and like Brian's lyrics are so like hilarious and he sounds, yeah, I, I love the voice he's putting on during this thing. Um, and it, it sounds like, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, a few people have picked up on this. Um, it sounds like he was sort of, writing a song like either for Van Dyke Parks or like just really influenced by um, Discover America which just came out in May 72 which was when we think he, they probably did this like he's you know he's talking about steel drums and oh, this, okay. um, like the lyrics the original the lyrics Brian's coming up with it's kind of like about a touring steel band it sounds like that's his concept for the song and he's got like the pun about this you know he stole the drums in my steel band and he's like about Trinidad and stuff in there and that's like kind of the vibe he's going for it so really you know I never expected that to be the direction that Brian had in mind for the song originally mm. um and there's also some cool extra chords and like a little turnaround part at the end of the bridge that didn't make it in the final song that sounds like really brian wilson and cool mm. extra chords in the chorus that he sings that are really nice as well um i just i love this thing i think it's great to finally hear it yeah i love it it's awesome um i get a little bit more of this sort of brian coming up later but and then we've got um let's see where am i um Sail on Sail Sailor, Sailor Acapella. Acapella. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's Carl on lead vocals. Uh, <laughs> no, bring it back. <laughs> so there's kind of a, a fake stereo effect on, on like the main group because I think it was just 
all of them singing live together around a few microphones. Um, but I like Carl's little response. I like hearing that part clearly because it gets kind of lost at some points in the in the mix. Mm. Yeah, and this, this is a cool... I mean, I like that they did an acapella with this one. It's always been a strange one vocally because there's not many original Beach Boys on it. Um, it's just Carl, Mike's on there. Um, and then they've got Blondie Ricky and Jerry Backley from America are singing on this too. So it's like a really unusual sort of atypical Beach Boys sound, but I, it's... Um, just a, yeah, it's a really, really great um, vocal arrangement. All right, next we've got the Out in the Country. Um, we've got a, the track for version one, which is like the backing studio track, and then version two, which is completely different and it's more of like the somber Al with an organ and some some of the boys as well. But yeah, the. Who's playing on this track? Who's playing on Out in the Country version one? So this this track was actually um, uh, Carl and the Passions outtake that Brian was working on, and it uh-huh. actually did get finished with vocals. They just all got muted on this. Um, but it was, um, I think the reason for that is the guy singing it is a guy named Don Goldberg, not one of the Beach Boys. Ah, um, uh, yes. But he co-wrote, co-wrote the song with Brian. Um, so you could find the vocal version uh, in different places it has like brian singing on it but the main parts are him and david sandler uh but this has got like that's brian on the organ and the bass that's ricky on the drums um don goldberg himself on the acoustic um and who else is on this carl's i think carl's on it too yeah carl's playing acoustic guitar too as a banjo player, Duke Dillard, um, and uh, Tony Martin Jr., he does this solo on Steamboat. He's playing steel guitar on this, which is a really pretty part, and some strings too. Um, so this was kind of like a finished Beach Boys track that Brian wanted to call on the fashions, but uh, the vocals were, you know, just because of, I don't maybe it's a political thing, um, they left the, the Don Goldberg vocals off this, because Brian was kind of trying to do a Jack Riley-type guest vocal thing for this. Um, so it's I think it's a shame that they didn't do that. I really hope that Don Goldberg gets to release his own version at some point, um, or maybe he won't be allowed to. I don't know. But it's a nice it's a nice track mix either way. And I just want to hear the track by itself. But I mean, it's um, the thing I've seen a few people disappointed by. And I'm you know I've, we've still got the um, the Beach Boysy second version, and this is a nice track. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's what it is. I mean, Al obviously mixed or, or took, took away for personal overseeing of mixing of version two, didn't he? And I mean, I yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I think it sounds nice, the version two. I like that he put in the studio chatter at the beginning. Me too. Um, I really like hearing that. And at the end, like it's, it's, um, it's a cool, it's a cool little snippet and it extends the little track in itself. But um, yeah, I, I think there's some neat little bits going on. There's a little window into the, into the studio and the actual mix of the track mm-hmm. itself is good. I've got no complaints here, and it's a nice little thing. It's always been a weird one on bootlegs. This one, yeah, yeah. So, so that second one was now take from the Holland Sessions. It's uh, like a later version. That um, so Brian's playing the organ. This is Brian's song, um, and I guess I don't know why Al ended up remixing it. I think Al just you know Al likes to claim things. Um, 
and sort of go away. But I'm, you know, it's a really nice mix, and I love the studio chatter. And it's um, this is kind of like a finished thing that could have been on Holland. Yeah. I think it was. It's just a very short piece that's kind of a deconstructed version of the original song. Like you know, it's just one verse. They've taken the choruses out, and then the the bridge progression is now like sort of transition into this new vocal round thing that Brian's come up with. Um, that's him, Al, uh, Carl, and Micah singing on it. Um, it's really pretty. I, I it's one that I always wish would have been on Holland. It, it's you know, it segues really nicely into the California saga. I think. Yeah, I was thinking it would fit there. What is Oh Sweet Something? You guys educate me on this. Well, this is a uh, Carl and the Passions outtake um, okay. written by Ricky and Blondie. So this is like they recorded three songs, but uh-huh. only put two on, on the album. And this is the one they left off. Okay. Uh, I actually, I this one's probably the best of the three, though, in my opinion. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. You know, the others, um, here, here She Comes and Hold On To Your Brother really don't sound like anything off the Flame albums. Um, this one's much more sort of poppy and uh, catchy, I think, and in the style of those. It's a really, really good song. I'm amazed that, like, not, we just didn't know about it until this happened. Yeah, would have yeah, made for a great little opener to side two instead of Hold On Dear Brother and just kind of propelled things along really well. Um, very uh, Beatlesy, very uh, George that's... Harrison with the side guitars. Yeah, I kind of agree. Which is great. I've got no complaints about that. Yeah, it really, it sounds the opening sounds a lot like um, "Sue Me, See You Blues" from "Living the Material World" to me. But this was like a year before that, so um, it's just a coincidence, I guess. But it's it's a yeah. I, it's a really nice surprise. This thing. I think it was on one of the um, tracking session reels for "Here She Comes," was where it was found, um, and it just wasn't discovered until they were putting together the set. And Blondie kind of finally gave permission to put it on at the last minute because you know it was quite a late edition really cool sort of bonus thing i like it i was just curious if it was like a flame song or uh you know i didn't have the context for anything so i didn't i'm just curious yeah i think it is pretty much just ricky and blondie putting together something themselves i think it's them singing everything and playing everything but i see um it was for carl and the passions um next is spark in the dark which sounds to me like an early version of you need a mess of help to stand alone or something like that it's got um have you ever heard chain reaction of love mm-hmm. it's a bit of an early version of that it's got the same refrain um yeah this was a song that brian recorded for carl and the passions and just didn't finish right uh and that's him playing everything too mm. and some of it's some of it's really poorly performed like yeah it was stacking everything on on his organ track where there's a lot of pauses and held notes and some of the timing is just like pretty pretty bad but it's a it's a cool track yeah i love that little yeah the um i guess insight at the end because i think it's been said before about uh i think it was desper saying that brian would kind of appear then start stacking things and you can and he'd say like and now this and you can hear at the end saying now this now this where he's just jump obviously jumping between the instruments yeah. and it's really cool to to hear that suddenly there yeah um and it starts with that as well it's a, yeah, that's a really cool window into a weird yeah. little thing but it's so you can hear kind of the progression into where brian would do things that would eventually turn into like love you and stuff like that um that sort of chunky sound if you like yeah it has that vibe for sure yeah yeah, is this a is rooftop Harry a Brian thing too? It has it that is, kind of yes. plotting piano thing. Was this just another unfinished song from? Yep. 
Carl and the Passions. We're seeing a trend here, yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this is um, there's a great story about this from the engineer, a guy called uh, Barry Rudolph, who engineered um, the session at this um, mm-hmm. one-off studio that they used. Basically, like, Brian and um, the Beach Boys crew, because I think the Beach Boys were playing a, a show at this point, and uh, Brian came in with Bruce and sort of, like, at midnight into this random studio and started, like, unloading all these instruments, and, like, Bruce was talking this guy's head off about, like, politics and all sorts of stuff the whole night and Brian sat in the lotus position meditating for a couple of hours before he jumped up and started recording and Bruce was like record record just go and then like Brian started stacking all these instruments and stuff and like this uh, guy um, Luther Coffee played bass on it and he was like um, insisting on playing bass with the the studio monitors blaring out instead of headphones um, and like Going, you know it's, and then people just coming in and out Michael Clark from the birds played drums on this and then Brian like sort of just jumped up and ran out of the studio after it was done at like 10 in the morning and it was never finished and you never heard anything about it again. Um, it just sounds like this really eccentric like one-off session, but it's such a cool piece of music. It's quite a simple sort of Brian piano track, but on top of it, he's got all these like dissonant, strange mm-hmm. things. Like there's um, a calliope, uh, which we think was probably a calliophone, like a sort of, you know, more portable instrument played through like a phaser uh, by Bruce with all these um, there's this really strange high string bass part that's playing all these melodic things. Um, and uh, the, the drums kind of sound like someone bouncing a basketball to me. It's like a strange little pattern that you had going on there. Um, and this this would have been such a cool mm. track if they finished it and turned it into a Beach Boys song. Because um, it had like, everything originally had like a really long fade out, like they shortened for this release a little bit, but it's just the same thing repeating over and over again. So you can guess it would have had like a, you know, funky, pretty or Marcella type like vocal round going over that. Did this evolve into anything? Um, not that I, not that's immediately the, noticeable the, to me. The verse sounds like the night was so young to me. Like you could sing that over the verse. Just yeah, first yeah, thing that came that, to mind. But it's got those. It's got the that. Um, it starts off with that, but then it like pauses and there's right. all these weird sounds. Yeah. So it's it's almost yeah like a more eccentric version of that. Yeah, just curious. I'm always wondering where these things end up going. Because he doesn't leave stuff, you know, alone very often. Yeah. He usually yeah, I mean, finds old ideas and uses them, whether it's thirty or forty or fifty years later. You know. So, just curious. I was just gonna say because we were like, you know, I was yeah, had some sort of criticisms of the mixes and stuff before, before but I think some of the, the ones on this disc, um, like out in the country version two, oh sweet something, spark in the dark, rooftop power, they all sound really good to me. I really like these mixes. Yeah. Yeah, they do sound nice. All right. Next is um, Body Talk Grease Job. Again, I have no idea what this <laughs> I don't is like about. That title. No, I hate the title yeah. Grease Job so much. Body Talk Grease. <laughs> uh, so this is a this is a, a misleading one because uh-huh. uh, they've also credited this one to Brian Wilson, but it wasn't actually written by Brian. Brian mm. actually had nothing to do with it. Huh. Uh, it's a track by. It's probably a track by uh, Tandon Almer, guy mm-hmm. who wrote "Along Comes Mary" and uh, co-wrote "Marcella" and and a few other things with Brian. Um, so that's him uh, playing here. I'm not sure if he was going to write it with Carl or, or or Brian or anything like that, but I think this is mainly just his track recorded for a Beach Boys album. Yeah. Also, Carl and the Passions, that era. Yeah, Carl is on it, but only in like he's clapping his hands and he's doing some like thigh slaps as percussion that were kind of mixed really low in this mix. Um, but Tannen's doing the piano okay. and probably the bass as well. And Ricky's on there with the drums. 
um, it's a really, really cool track, but I think basically what happened is Alan, you know, John asked Alan about this and he said basically because um, there was no publishing document and Tannen's, Tannen's dead and kind of obscure, it would have been a legal mm. hassle to get his name on it. Um, and also political reasons. Okay. I think the political reasons are, you know, to ensure it got released, you know, it's, you know, more convincing to the the other Beach Boys with the Brian Wilson credit on it. Otherwise, Al Jardine might uh, be Al Jardine about it. Um, but it's a cool track either way. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it sounds awesome. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, um, it's got, really he's cool got a very different uh, style of playing piano than, than Brian. Yeah. You could tell he, he was a much more skilled uh, musician. You know, no hate yeah. against Brian, but he's he's not yeah. doing the, the chord bashing. Yeah. I mean, compare Spark in the Dark to this. <laughs> it's, it's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got another Holland promo. Not as fun as the first. Not one. as interesting, yeah. No. But um, I, this <laughs> sounds right. more like an actual radio promo. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit just, less racist. Yeah, right. <laughs> they just play. They just play a little bit of the, of the record. We want more That's of about it. <laughs> yeah, we want more accents. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Surprise. So we've got like the extra live tracks from um, various tours. Um, I haven't. Mike sounds real bad on Big Sur. I haven't listened I to these. Say. I don't know why so, they put the Big Sur one on there. I think. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm fine with having it as a like. Uh, just regardless of the quality, it's like it's as a like. Okay, yeah, I didn't know they did it in this arrangement live. Cool to hear, but okay. Um, but I mean, we. I've not played in concert much, so I don't. I, I can't compare the performances, but the We Got Love and Funky Pretty here sound really... I, I really like yeah. them. I think they sound great. Um, yeah. Mike, being his usual self, says for mm. We Got Love, says sing along if you're... Um, oh, what's the word? Um, psychic. Psychotic. Psychic. I kept going to say psychotic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, which is which is very funny. But um, yeah, I think they're great. The Trader from a couple uh-huh. years later sounds pretty good as well. Mm. Sail on Sailor with Billy Hinchy is cool yeah, to have. Billy, um, Billy Sailor, this is that, especially is, you know since yeah. he died the other year. Um, um, I remember hearing that all this is that before was that released somewhere? It, it's been just, on the million. I had it on a bootleg yeah. called Summer in Paradise Extras. <laughs> amusing. I just remember that there's like a killer like DX7 piano sound yeah. or something on it. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, fairy tale music, twenty twenty two mix. Oh, um, yeah. Again, I love this track. It's mm-hmm. you know one of my favorite things from the era. I think it's just so unique and and I don't know, vivid and and I love that opening piano. Just part. Uniquely, uniquely Brian. Yeah, it's such a great as he says later on something we'll get to in a minute it's a great opening to the to the fairy tale it really sets mm-hmm. it up perfectly um and i think I, I i quite like i haven't played the the 93 mix for a little mm-hmm. while but uh has this got a bit more like session chatter and um one or two extra bits in it compared to that one yeah there's a couple of extra shiny parts but what they've done um 
this is uh, they've kind of looped some of the instrumental bars of some of the sections so you got to hear instrumental before the vocals come in um which i really like i'm really happy with uh, what they did with this one yeah um, yeah because you don't get you know it's kind of instrumental for a bit so you hear the track by itself on the vocals but you're not shortchanged with length because they've kind of extended it a mm. little bit do that very seamlessly so i'm i really like this track i think most of the sections are better mixes than the 93 one um and it's just more revealing and it's such good music um so i i'm really happy with the way all the fairy tales yeah. stuff came together on this yeah yeah this whole yeah that's another one that i'm going to come back to a lot this is just so good but yeah let's get into some more of this stuff um uh, which is pretty interesting uh the paw let her go out better get back in bed which is really neat um yeah. kind of like i don't know like lieutenant lyric it's yeah it's just it's just a weird lyric yeah it doesn't make as much sense in the context of the fairy tale so i guess you know yeah i mean it sounds like just it's an original idea that they edited well the thing with the fairy tale is brian didn't finish the story he'd apparently written about like half the story yeah. that he planned for it and sort of gave up and sprung that on them at the last minute so jack had to make up the ending of the story mm-hmm. which is why the fairy tale just ends like out of nowhere with this sort of like really you know dubious um sort of improvisation on the end so it sounds like this was like some for part of the story that you envisioned but never ended up recording like something about i bet it had to do with the, the ball uh-huh. that's my theory um yeah but it's yeah just casting an extra verse over the track but they also the other thing about this is the piano intro which is really cool because it's the verse progression from lazy lizzie um i've been i've heard about this years yeah. ago and it's, it's so nice to finally hear it um, and Brian does that really pretty odd arpeggiated part that he like almost messes up on. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, I, this is one of my favorite things on here. Yeah, I, I love all the fairy tale stuff. Yeah, um, can't get enough of it. So I'm glad they they put out pretty much everything related mm-hmm. to it. Um, yeah, I guess we we're about to talk about these these acapella yeah get into it sections yeah. for yeah the pied piper and radio kingdom those oh, sound so, so good especially radio kingdom oh, radio just, kingdom uh, is just bliss oh yeah i know best it's part so of the fairy good tale right there. it's the best it's so good it's like 40 yeah seconds it's got dennis singing part that, that part yeah it's best got dennis singing like i guess i guess the lead <laughs> but then the the backing vocals there like the um the harmonies are just sounds so great in this mix too and then i like mm. how it fades and you just get to hear the harmonies really nice oh, yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. to hear at the end i love that mm. yeah and same with the pipe piper we've got the isolated uh, whistling at the end where like brian's kind of doing one of his vocal <laughs> round things but for people whistling which is so cool when you heard that i'd never picked up on what that was until you know this mix where like everyone's kind of got a different melody line that, that they're whistling at the end i'm glad you guys also love this this stuff because it's some of my favorite the, stuff of the era. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the, the alternate Pied Piper. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm amazed that this acting. exists. Um, if, you... if they have more outtakes from these um, the narration stuff, I want to hear them because yeah. I didn't expect this to be on the set at all. Um, this is such a creepy delivery. Like he sounds like so dead eyed. Um... <laughs> this is really yeah. scary without the music at all. Like it's just yeah. like. Yeah, it's very it's very strange and scary to me. Um, <laughs> you know, if if you listen to this and then go right back to the uh the one that made it into the fairy tale, it's it's pretty funny how yeah. he, he went from like a regular talking voice into that <laughs> had to find it. It's just yeah, weirdest thing ever. When when you come to doing the um 
the uh, episode in the fairy tale white, you got to do the whole episode in this voice. <laughs> with the like micro shift like stereoizer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, this, I mean the, don't tempt like, me broken delivery oh that's actually a great idea <laughs> I, I don't think that i don't think i could handle a whole episode like that i mean it would just be you gotta do something the intro, the patreon then i mean Let's it'll definitely you can it'll definitely make its way in <laughs> oh man yeah i can't wait can we just skip to that because <laughs> okay what's next um it's the Mount Vernon fashion. Um, oh, Mount Vernon Fairway. Uh, this is like a demo or like, who's he playing this for in this recording? Because we've heard this it's before. Carl. It's Carl, Carl and Brian are doing this together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love this. It's great. Um, and I love hearing Brian kind of like work through the parts and try and figure out what he's doing. And then also just, some, you know, just going into a casual look because that was like a song that reminded him of that time i guess or like that yeah, was coming yeah. out of the the radio yeah. at his at at the love house or something yeah it seems obvious the brian had like a bigger plan for the story that he didn't end up, end up doing but that would have been so great to to have yeah. that in there because they just this mm-hmm. is just from the um the session for the main theme is when they did this and brian sort of just teaching carl the way it's going to go and they happen to get this on tape and it's um, yeah. it's so cool to hear him singing through that and teaching carl the piano part and stuff um Love this thing. We'll have to do a, a special mix where, like, we blend in like the Beach Boys version of a casual look into <laughs> yeah <laughs> into the yeah. fairy tale coming out of the radio or something. Anyway. I did that once. I already did that years ago. When it sounded horrible. Oh, so you did. did you know. <laughs> Holding out on me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I want to mix this one in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, sort of similarly, there's the little child, daddy, dear um recording again like who is he talking to here it's marlon i think that he's uh, playing it to oh okay and this is in holland i guess now it says yeah, that it's in holland he, um, he borrowed a tape recorder from someone and when he gets back this was on it is the story interesting yeah i mean and this is obviously like a a song that he had heard years before um and just got excited mm-hmm. about somehow um i know i know there's like people that have been like oh listen to this awesome brian wilson bootleg <laughs> or something but it's it's not brian's song guys sorry no. it's great but it's yeah. not brian's song um because the original title was not daddy dear right it's something else so i think I mean, little, little child, child i think yeah maybe it is little child it's yeah, little yeah. child right daddy okay yeah, yeah it's listed as little child right I guess yeah. like on the bootlegs or whatever, it was like "Daddy Dear." All right, cool. Um, yeah, but and yeah. then he starts playing uh, "Susie Susie's Cincinnati," is... so it kind of gives you a, a look into like what it was like to live to live with Brian. Because you got to think, how many random songs did he just play on piano that we've never heard? Like not just covers, but you know, other other Beach Boys songs. Um, yeah, it's weird to hear Brian sing this one. Yeah, Brian clearly just had a thing for the song because like. It came out like, you know, as a B side twice, and then it, they put it on 15 big ones. And uh, Brian's here playing it in Holland, recording on the tape recorder for, for some reason. Um, just, just odd that he had a thing for the song. It's it's a neat thing. You know, it's born a few people years ago when this, this first came out on bootlegs, thinking it was Al singing, um, mm-hmm. which it's clearly Brian, yeah. but um, just because it's so strange to hear Brian doing this for, for you know. Yeah. Um, 
I was kind of hoping there would be more of this type of stuff, but I guess that's that's what we get. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Oh yeah, this is my favorite thing on the whole box set. So, um, me too. give me some, <laughs> give me some loving. <laughs> I need your love medley. I don't know what this is for, but all I do know is that it has the walk in the line bass part, and that made yeah. me so happy. Hell yeah. That's it my was favorite. Colin Parsons era. <laughs> don't know if the left hand part of all time. Yeah. Well, looking back, um, "Walk in the Line" has such a good bass line. It's like, of course, it came from yeah. way earlier, like 15 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is um, something he recorded with uh, David Sandler. But yeah, there's a thing in the 80s where Brian said he was um, when he was talking about writing "Walk in the Line," where he, he said he remembered an old left-hand bass line with um, a 60s bass line, but he wanted to, to give it an 80s vibration. Is the way he described it. Um, Love nice. it. So bright. Yeah, this is uh this is something that he put together with David Sandler. Okay. And that's Brian, David Sandler, Marilyn, and Carl mm-hmm. singing. David's got that he's doing like the lead part. Yeah, Marilyn's yeah, very and, clearly on there. Hmm. So if we don't know if this was for the Beach Boys or Spring yeah, or Brian, Brian and David Sandler's own album, which they were considering doing with Warner Brothers, apparently. Um, but this was Carl and the Passions era. I think it was kind of offered to the Beach Boys, but they, you know, they weren't really enthusiastic hmm. about it. Um, gotcha. Which is just insane to me that Brian was coming up with stuff like, you know, <laughs> Rooftop Harry and this that are so good, and even Spark in the Dark, even though it's a messy recording, it's such a cool song. And, you know, it just didn't end up um, being used. It's like Brian did more for Carl and the Passions than Surf's Up, really, in terms of new material. He had a lot going on. Um, and other songs that he'd written as well, like Burlesque and, and you know, um, Out in the Country. So this could have been like a, this could have been like, you know, Brian could have had like eight or nine songs on this album, really, if he'd been up to it. Um, but this, is my, this is also my favorite thing on the box. Is it all of our favorites? Yeah, it should be. It's the Brand best. Yours. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I do really like it, but at the same time. Join us. I don't know. I haven't made my decision yet. Um, okay. California Saga, Big Sur, 2022 Saga <laughs> Trilogy. Oh, God. This is. Uh, <laughs> Help me figure out what's going on here. This is Al so Jardine holding the This is literally just the California Saga again. Yeah. 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 This is just the California Saga again, but Beaks of Eagles has a verse edited out. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not a new mix or anything like that. It's huh. just. Um, and it's purely because Al insisted on cutting a verse that he that has been bothering him for fifty years apparently, oh. and and they wouldn't let him do it on the main album because Weird. that would be insane. Uh, so it's just this bonus track, which is a, a new Al Jardine edit, just because. Weird. But Al, we want to hear more Beach Boys music, not yeah. less. So. I mean, he didn't he literally say it's as an edit so you can get to the fan part quicker. It's, it's yeah, just like oh, it was too long. Let's shorten <laughs> it. It's like, but why? Yeah, our audience can't see this, but why it's shaking his head so furiously <laughs> right now. <laughs> I love the Beach Boys. <laughs> They're my favorite. I love everything I love about them. Um, well, yeah. Because I listened, I mean, I, I obviously didn't listen to it too thoroughly, but I was like, what is the difference here? What is going on? Why is this on here? Yeah, um, there's just a cut where it cuts out a whole narration and a whole verse, and that's 
and Big Sur and California are the exact same. So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, um, then we've got Carry Me Home. Tracking backing vocals, despite the right. fact it just says Carry Me Home. Yeah, despite the <laughs> unlisted um, info. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty nothing, really, to be honest. And then all this is that alternate voice, alternate verse, which is awesome to hear. It's just a little, mm. you know, nice little benediction at the end here. Sounds very much like something Al would write. After hearing it bleed through for so many years, it's nice to just suddenly have it clear. Right. And it's nice. Yeah. It's a nice little mm-hmm. sort of bookend to the set. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah. Life like the river flows, like all the life in nature grows to reach the cosmic oceans of love. It's a nice little lyric. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like the way it just closes out the box set. Mm, definitely. Me too. I think they wanted to put this on the the front of the actual acapella, but that was something that Al took and mixed himself. Oh uh, yeah, so, of course. <laughs> I got a few things to bring up to Al tomorrow when I see him at the city winery. <laughs> like, hey, Al, great show. I got a couple well. notes for you. A couple <laughs> gripes from the boys. Um, anyway, so my thought at, at the end of this, after going through and, and hearing a lot of these tracks that I feel like could have just been left off, um, we could have had like a whole disc that was American Spring. But no, hmm. we're stuck with a bunch of alternate Al Jardine mixes. <laughs> anyway. I'd, Whatever. Favorite things for me are the unreleased stuff, like Give Me Some Love, and that's, that's, that's the big highlight, mm-hmm. as well as the songwriting sessions for Sail on Sailor and A Road Not Taken, and uh, the fairy tale stuff, to be honest, because I just yeah. love the fairy tale so much all my yeah. yeah all my favorite things on here are the brian things because i just love his he's like one of my favorite eras of his music is like 71 to 72 um and it's just yeah i'm i'm really enjoying this box set like uh like you know there's i've got a few sort of things that bother me in some of the mixes but overall i'm like i've been listening to this non-stop the last few days i think um um the only things that are kind of bothering me are some of the things that they left off it like there's a brian's sort of rough mix of funky pretty or something that exists and they have but they didn't use and there's like an alternate um mix of marcella as well and there's only mixes of leaving this town and we got love and the trader that were also left off that could have quite easily fit on this with all the disc space and you know as this kind of analogy in some of these box sets to use an alternate vintage vintage mixes um sorry vintage mixes that i really wish were on here yeah, the the funky pretty mix is actually something that Blondie talks about in the booklet. He spends like several sentences yeah, talking about how good it is, and they left it off. So I don't really get that. But you know, John brought it up to Alan, <laughs> who said that it yeah. seems kind of similar to the final mix, but you know, with a few extra vocal parts. And you know, so that's it seems like they just went sort of interested. Um, but oh, I really wish that was there. Yeah, I mean, I. As for things I really enjoy, I mean, I really like the alternate mix and make it good. As I said, Road Not Taken. Um, you may be able to hear that. I'm scrolling through it in the background. Um, and the yeah, the backing, the back track and backing vocals for Holland are really cool, especially Steamboat and California Saga out in the country and Oh Sweet Something. I mean, yeah, the unreleased stuff kind of at the end of Disc 5 is very cool. And yeah, obviously the fairy tale stuff as well. Um, especially as say Radio Kingdoms, just so, I just it's just so good. Well, I was just flicking through the other day; it just comes and goes so quickly. But I just I love that so much. 
Um, maybe that's my favorite little moment. Um, just because of, yeah, how good it is, despite the fact it's not actually unreleased. It's just a, you know, it's just, oh, it's just a good moment. Yeah, I wish I hadn't been spoiled by so many bootlegs before I heard this. I wish I had heard all this for the first time and been able to give a real <laughs> first oh, listen sure. to all this stuff. You know what I mean? It's always fun having bootlegs and all that, but um, I feel like it loses some of the impact because we've been sneakily listening yeah. to some of this stuff for a long time. But I still really so enjoy it. Feel flows, but yeah, of course, feel flows was just like a big. Like okay, we finally have all this stuff officially, and I can talk about it. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, some great stuff in here that I never heard before, and some cool insight and um, stuff that you know I'll be excited to to delve into deeper. Yeah, me and John and Craig and Jocelyn um, put together a session for the uh, Beach Boys website that they should be putting up in the next few days, probably. So if you want to know more about this sort of thing. Um, that'll be awesome. happening at some point. So, wait. Yeah, sure. and there's a nice little thank you to Will and John in the uh, liner notes <laughs> of this box. So check that out. Oh yeah, I forgot they were in there. Yeah. But um, thank you, dudes, for taking the time to do this with me. I learned a lot. All right, it was good chatting with you boys. <sighs> Thanks for having us. Fred, uh, I heard there's a new uh, surf wax on the way. So you there guys is. can look forward I, to that in the Patreon feed. Spoilers. The lovely um, line note saying, no negative reviews, please. I love that. <laughs> so, and yeah, uh, we'll talk uh, with Will and John next time with more 2020. Absolutely. Yeah, and thank you for the... Thank you to the Beach Boys for naming the box set after this podcast as well. That was really nice of them. I hope it doesn't uh, ruin our search metrics or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for Brian Wilson for writing a song about us going back in time. It is pretty cool. <laughs> I wish you all a, a lovely Christmas and Happy New Year and sail on sailors. about the length of the yeah the no because because um this is not close to 80 minutes maybe if every song on carl and the passions wasn't seven minutes long (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) i promise i like the beach boys guys (laughs) the night was so young and everything still the moon shining bright on my windowsill i think of her lips it chills me inside And then I think why Does she have to hide